The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Hello, this is Katrina Kirkaby, and I am your Master Gardener today, hosting In the Garden with Master Gardeners. Today I have with us Dr. John Kabashima, and Dr. John Kabashima is the Environmental Horticulture Advisor, University of California Cooperative Extension, South Coast Research and Extension Center, Irvine, California. His areas of research are insect, disease, and weed management, ornamental horticulture production systems biological control of exotic pests, water use, and water-related problems. John is our resident expert on bugs. He also manages the Master Garden Volunteer Program, which formerly trained volunteers at the UCANR to extend university-based information on gardening and horticulture to the public. Bottom line, John is my boss. Now, Dr. John has a passion for something called bugs, and we have him here today because we have been getting a lot of questions coming in about ants, what to do with ants, how to handle ants, and bottom line, how do we get rid of ants? John, why is there such a problem with ants right now? Currently, we're getting calls of ants getting into buildings and it's because of the heat wave we've had. Mm. So ants are outside, they're very comfortable doing their thing, and all of a sudden the temperatures went up into the high 90s and hundreds. So ants then are, are very mobile, like the Argentine ant, for instance, is an ant that moves around. It has shallow nests, unlike like the red and fire ant, which has a large nest that can actually go several feet into the ground. Argentine ants tend to have shallow nests and they move. They move uh, based on conditions. They move based on food sources. So when the weather gets hot like this quickly, the ants want to find shelter. And they're going into homes, especially homes where the foundation might be cracked or there's gaps somewhere in the structure that they can get into. They often will come in especially on homes with raised foundations, they'll come on on the pipes and the electrical conduit, and they'll use that like a highway to go through the house. And once they get inside the house, then they'll start looking for food. And if there are any types of food sources like sugars or uh, sometimes fats, depending on the time of year, they will go to that. So when you have the party with the cake or the ice cream and you leave it out there and you find the ants just completely covering it, it's because the ants were already there and they can sense food a long distance away. And so what you need to do, number one, is you have to deal with the emergency. The emergency is you have ants in the house right now and you don't want them there. So if you follow the recommendations that are on our UCIPM uh, online uh, website, there is a 
website page on ants. And there's a little box that says, if you have an ant emergency, what do you do? So we'll talk about ant emergencies first, and then we'll get to the biology and how to control them over uh, a period of, of years or a year. So the first thing you do when you have ants in the house is you have to figure out what they're being attracted to. And uh, normally that will be something that was left out, and it's usually some type of sweet. Then you want to clean up the ants that are in the trail. Being aware that only 10% of the ants in a, in a colony at any time are outside of the nest. Really? But you do want to control those that are out there because they're recruiting to the food and they're sending a message back to the nest that there is food here. And so you need to break that trail. The best way to do that is either to vacuum the ants up or you can you can wipe them up with a, a wet sponge. You can use soapy water. You can use window cleaner if you watched uh, My Greek Wedding. You know, that's a great solution to everything. Now, when you vacuum them up, what keeps them from not coming back out of the vacuum? You usually want to use a vacuum that has some kind of a bag. So that yeah. way you can seal the bag and then dispose of it. And also, if the vacuum is fairly strong, just the, the physical force of the ants being drawn up through the hose and into the bag, sometimes it will kill a lot of them. But if they survive, it's better if you have something that, that goes into a bag. Uh, then you want to locate how they're getting into the house and plug that. There, there are many ways to plug that. There are different types of materials you can buy at the hardware store or the building supply store like caulk. Or you can use uh, as simple as petroleum jelly or even toothpaste to plug a hole temp temporarily. And the next step would be to use some type of a bait station that's readily available in most nurseries and big box stores and hardware stores. And the baits have uh, different types of attractants in them and different types of toxicants. I even make my own bait. I use sugar water with boric acid, but we can talk about that later. And remember, if you're using baits, that if you haven't found the hole that they're coming into and they're still recruiting to your bait, they're taking that back to the nest and they're feeding it to the other ants in the nest, so it takes a little bit of time for that to work. So you have to be patient if you use baits. For people who ask me if they should spray a pesticide indoors, it's usually not necessary, nor do I recommend it because it's, I don't think it's very safe. So if you follow all those steps, then you can usually control the ants because the ants are primarily nesting outside the building. So what you're saying is immediately when you find your ants, either vacuum them up and throw out the bag or spray some soapy water, soapy water. Or, or get a wet sponge and sponge them up. And you just want to remove the, the ants and then maybe clean that trail to remove the pheromone. They actually lay down a pheromone on the trail that the ants follow to go to ah. the food. So when you use soapy water and wipe it clean, then you're actually wiping away some of that trail pheromone. So even if we do vacuum up, it's a good idea to go back and clean up that area so they don't smell that pheromone anymore. Correct. Okay, and then once we do that, you say 
plug it up. Plug any holes that they're using to come into the house. And you could pretty much, maybe before you wipe up all the ants, you could find out where they're coming in at. Usually what you do is before you wipe them up, you, you find the trail and you follow the trail back as far as you can to see where the opening is that they're coming out of. And oftentimes they're coming out of an electrical socket or somewhere where a plumbing pipe comes through the wall into the house. They often use those for, for little highways and you will often find that or it could be an opening to the outside. You may have a crack in the in the window, you know, a little gap in the window. Uh, under the door, you might have a gap. Foundation might be cracked and they're coming in through those cracks. There's many ways they can come in the house. The main thing is to follow that trail back to where they are coming in and plug that. And you can plug it temporarily, as I said, with something like petroleum jelly or toothpaste. But long term, you'd like to use something like a caulking material or repair or whatever it is that caused the crack. Create a barrier, a long-term barrier for them coming in. Make it harder for them to come into your house. Okay, and once you put up that barrier, make it harder to come in, then you put a bait station. And, Correct. And where do you put bait stations at? Usually you put them where the trail is. Inside or outside of your house? Well, you use the bait station for the emergency inside the house. But once once you've stopped them coming into the house then you want to use bait stations outside. Or you can actually spray outside if, if you have to. But before you even do that, you have to consider that there is an integrated approach to this, that you have to use cultural, physical, mechanical, uh, all of those different strategies in addition to chemical in order to keep the ants away from your house. And that's the trick. Don't plant flowers right up to the base of your house because the nectar and the pollen is attracting the ants to those flowers and the sucking insects like uh, aphids and scales and mealybugs that secrete a honeydew that is a sugary substance that the ants are attracted to so if you have things right next to your house that attract the ants then you have the a possibility that those ants then will go into your house looking for food. So keep that type of uh, sugar source away from your house. Mm -hmm. And if you have ants in a tree that are, you know, climbing up the tree to go for the honeydew from the, the sucking insects like the aphids and the white flies and the scales and the meaty bugs, then you want to prevent the ants from climbing into that tree. And there are many ways of doing that. We have that on our, our website in our pest note. But basically, keep the ants as far away from the house as you can so that they don't start looking for food in your house because it's close to where they were feeding before. Wonderful. And when you say about keeping plants close to the house, how how far away is, is there a distance that you, or is it just that you don't want them touching the house? Well, you don't want, number one, the ants need water. And if you have plants right up to the foundation of your house and the plants have the honeydew and they have the nectar and the pollen that the ants are going to, and you're watering those plants, and usually if you're gardening, you're keeping the soil loose and they love loose soil, and they love mulch. 
So any of that right next to the house is a bad idea. So I would keep it a few feet away from the house if possible. You can have plant material close to the house if it doesn't have all of those things to attract the ants. And so in the drought, if you're using a, a drought tolerant type of plant where you don't water it very often, those tend not to attract the type of insects that the ants are attracted to. And you don't have a lot of moisture and you're, you're not creating conditions for them to come to your house. If you have a tree, do not let the branches of the tree touch your house because then you just created a highway from the tree to your house. So trees should be away from the house or if they're close to the house, you should trim the branches so they don't touch the house. What else can we do? Uh, what, what is our treatment on the outside of our house and what else can we do on the, treating from the outside before they get inside? One of the things that you should be very concerned about are any of the sucking insects. So we want to control things like aphids and there are many ways to do that. One is to wash them off. So many of the soft-bodied insects like that can be washed off with a strong stream of water. When you see them, if you are monitoring and you find the populations before they build up to high numbers, you can easily control them with insecticidal soap or horticultural oils. If you have to and you, you got too far behind, you can apply an insecticide just to the plants that have the pest. On trees, you can, you can use something like a sticky material like Tanglefoot at the base of the uh, trunk. Um, be careful if you have thin bark trees like citrus, Tanglefoot will harm the bark. So then you have to have a protective barrier of wax paper or saran wrap or something that you put it on to protect it from contacting the bark directly. On thick bark trees, it's not that much of an issue. Or you can spray a band of insecticide uh, around the trunk so the ants can't cross over that barrier. There's a lot of ways to keep them out. But main thing is to manage your pest in the garden so that the, the pests that secrete honeydew do not build up to high enough numbers that it'll draw your ants in. The other thing you can do is use bait stations uh, away from the house a bait station that works quite well is something that uses sugar water as a bait. You make a 25% solution of sugar water and put it in a bait station and have the ants go to that once the ants are recruiting to the bait stations. And there are some commercially available, you can make your own. Then you put boric acid in it or you buy one of the products that has boric acid. And that's a very safe material. It's not highly toxic and at low, very low levels of one to five percent of boric acid in a sugar water solution, then that will be carried back to the ant nest and it will, it will reduce the population in that ant nest so that they are not going to be searching long distances for food. When we have a bait station, do you want to put a bait station, a lot of us have never done bait stations before outside, do we put them close to the house? Do we put them far away? Do we try to find where the source is of the ants and put them there? You find where the source of the ant is and you put it as far away from the house as possible so that it's drawing the ants away from your house. If you put the bait stations too close to your house, 
and you don't have ants yet, you just, you just drawn them to the house. So we put base stations close to the house when we have a major problem close to the house. But if you start early in the year, you can actually keep the ants away from the house. Because the Argentine ants, which are the, probably the number one pest ant that we get calls about, they're actually, in the winter, they're overwintering in a super colony. And as the weather warms up and we get like in the period of May or June, as the weather warms up and the insects are building up on the plants, there's, there's food for them to go after. They will actually start splitting off and forming uh, small, shallow colonies away from the major nest. And then they keep budding off their nest, moving further and further out. And in the winter, when it gets really cold, then those colonies that are further out will start collapsing back towards the main colony. So they move out and they move in over the year. And if you have a lot of sucking insects and moist soil, moist loose soil, and maybe a lot of mulch, then those ants will be attracted to your area. And those shallow nests enable them to move very quickly as they find new sources of food and, and harborage. So one of the things you're saying to us on the short term, you're telling us what we could do now that we have the problem, but also on the longer term in the springtime, there's a lot of things that we could do to stop it or slow it down so they never get to our house. And also, I, I want to really make sure I mention that there are some people who just do not want to deal with this. So many of us that love the garden, we, we love doing this. We're do-it-yourselfers. For those people who don't want to do that, who are too busy or just don't like doing that type of thing, they can hire a, a licensed uh, pest control company to come out and do a perimeter spray around the house and then do maintenance through the year. That's perfectly reasonable. It's a little more expensive, but for people who don't have the time or inclination to try to control it themselves, that's an option they need to really consider. For those people who have time or, or like doing this type of thing, or especially if you love the garden, you can do all of these things we just talked about that will keep the ants away from your house. And if ants do come to your house for some reason, you're not dealing with huge populations and it's very easy to control low populations of ants. So there's something for all of us. If we're really busy, we don't have the inclination, we don't like ants, we can call a service up and they could pretty much take care of it on a periodic basis for us. Or we can do it ourselves. And you can go to our website which we keep giving on here on our show, so just check it out. We have lots of information on ants. You can look at that and see what works for you and what doesn't, decide which is the best way for you to go about it. Is that what you're saying, Doctor? Absolutely. What have we forgotten? We have a few more minutes left. What other suggestions do you have about ants in our garden or ants in our house right now or any other bugs that might... We want, might want to touch on real quickly. Well, one thing I, I want to point out is we do have a population of the red imported fire ant in Orange County. And so it is important to get the ants identified to make sure you know which ant you're dealing with. How you control an ant depends on which ant it is.
It, the one control does not work for all ants. For those people who do have red and portifari ants, the property owners in Orange County are paying a fee assessment. And Orange County Vector Control, if you suspect that you have red and portifari ant, and if you've been stung by ants, there's a good indication that could be a red and portifari ant. The Argentine ants do not sting. They might bite you because they're trying to figure out what you are, so they're tasting you, but they don't sting, and, and the bites aren't serious. If you get a sting and a welt and, and it starts to itch, and the ants are aggressive, then you might suspect you have red imported fire ants. The best way to collect a red imported fire ant for identification is to get something like a potato chip or Fritos, something that's a fatty chip. Put it out, the ants will come to that, and then use something to scoop them into a Ziploc baggie, throw that into a freezer to kill them, and then send that to the Vector Control District for identification. And that is a free service. That is a, not a free service. It's a service you have paid for if you're a property owner because you are paying a fee assessment. There is another ant that we commonly see, and that's the red harvester ant. And those are ants that are really not interested in people or stinging you. If you, for some reason, decide that you want to harass the red, red harvester ants, and they get on you and they're very angry, they, they can sting you, and their sting is one of the worst and most painful stings of all the ants. But they will only sting if you are really threatening them and harassing them. There's a couple of other ants out there. There's a native fire ant, and the native fire ant tends to have smaller populations. They, they don't build huge colonies like red and port of fire ant. So they tend to have very small nests, and they move quite often. So one day you'll see them you know, by your fence post, and then you go out a couple of days later, and they're over on the other side of the yard somewhere else. The native fire ant is not as aggressive. So we don't generally get calls about the native fire ants unless you happen to be picnicking and you're sitting next to a a native fire ant nest, it's uh, Solenopsis xyloni. And if, especially if you have sweets and you're having a picnic and they might come there and maybe you swap one and then they'll, they'll have a few of them sting you, but they won't attack you in large numbers aggressively like the red imported fire ant will. And then we have various other little house ants and we have pyramid ants, but those ants generally aren't very common. In, in terms of being close to where we play and live. And they're not very aggressive, so you're not going to get stung. You know, I bet most of us didn't know there are so many different types of ants in our Orange County area. We also, this is a lot of information to take in, and I hope the audience realizes we have this all posted on our website. So you could go and you could read and find out what to do, what not to do, how to take care of it, or if you need to hire a service, that's another way of going about it. But I wanted to thank Dr. John so much for being here with us today and giving us so much information. We really, really appreciate your help and thank you very much and thank you for being here with us today. And when by the time that, this, that you hear this, I will have 
given my Master Gardener hotline information on how to mix up your own sugar water boric acid solution. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being here, and we appreciate you, and thank you for helping us all out so much. You're welcome. If you have any questions regarding today's show, or if you have any other gardening questions, you can reach us at our website, www.uccemg.com. Or you can reach us on our hotline, and our hotline is hotline, H-O-T-L-I-N-E, at uccemg.com. Feel free to email us at either one of those numbers.